Well, welcome to The Journey. Um, I'm Kevin Polkey, and uh, we have a, a guest with us today, uh, Danielle Aguilera. Is that, did I say that right? Angelari. Angelari. Oh, I'm sorry. I did not say no, it right. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, da Danielle, welcome. Uh, welcome to The Journey. And The Journey is uh, a show that I started almost three years ago. And it, it, a lot of times we're really trying to capture uh, individual stories of how they've had obstacles in their life. And then through those obstacles, they were then uh, opportunities to transform their lives. And then that could be anything from, from addiction to mental illness um, or just other types of setbacks in relationships or whatever that may be. And, and I know that that is a big part of your life is um, providing, uh, providing services um, for our community in the Northern Illinois. But before we jump into all that, um, Danielle, what, if you have the opportunity to have fun, what do you do for fun? Well, is it nice outside or not? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, we'll do both. So yeah, when it's nice outside, what do you do? And when it's not so nice out, what do you do? So this past year, um, I upped it to three nights a week, but I play sand volleyball quite often. Oh. It, it is so much fun to me. <laughs> I don't sure. know, just being around all my friends and then being able to just dive onto the ground. Gotcha. I don't know something about it gotcha and then winter time um I think it's just really about being with my loved ones that's gotcha. what I like to do okay <laughs> all right now uh where, where did you where'd you grow up where where'd you go to high school born and raised uh Rockford Illinois okay. I actually went through um RPS and then in high school made the switch to Boylan okay graduated from Boylan then I went to Rock Valley for two years and then went to UW-Milwaukee Gotcha. Okay. My bachelor's. And so when you were um, at Boylan or even before, uh, or even at Rock Valley and, and UWM, did what types of things were you into? Sports, uh, extracurricular activities? What things were you were you into? What would you spend your time um, doing? Did some sports, but also like I did the green club for a little bit, um, different types of clubs like that. But I think that, you know, in high school was my first time getting into psychology. So okay. that's always been an interest to me. I know we'll talk about that a little bit later, but um, again, with my friends, my family, that's gotcha. always been a strong path in my life. <laughs> gotcha. So did you play volleyball when you were in school or was that just something you picked up as a, as, as an um, activity later? Well, you see, I did the, the camp for volleyball um, freshman year of high school. And I was like, there's no way I'm running this much. So I did not try out. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. Well, and I know, especially at Boylan, they, their, their preseason program for all their sports is, is pretty intense. And it's a big part of why they've been so successful, but I can see how that would be uh, maybe a little intimidating if you weren't, if you weren't ready for it. Yes. I went from like Kennedy middle school, not knocking it at all, but like I did a, many sports there, but I was like, wow, this is a little bit more competitive for me. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so, yeah. So tell us a little bit about psychology and what, what was it about psychology that seemed to uh, spark your interest and, and you, what, what was the reason you gravitated toward that? I have just always been interested in how other people's brain works, how my brain works, um, just why people act the way they do. Um, just it's always been something that I've gravitated towards. I think that it's very interesting. I think that people ignore the fact that your brain is 
more important maybe even than your physical health. So gotcha. it's always been a thing. So, so as we were talking earlier, before we started recording that, so that probably tells us a little bit of why you spent this, this weekend doing what you did, uh, <laughs> doing, doing the tour that you did. Uh, tell yeah. us a little bit about that tour that you did. And, 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 and obviously the, that was probably the intrigue was the psychology behind it, right? Oh, definitely. Um, I did the Jeffrey Dahmer tour in Milwaukee. So it takes you up and down the street where he would find the, his victims that he would take home. But you really just heard his story from childhood till when he was arrested. And it's really interesting because it tells you about the trauma in his life and maybe how his brain wasn't working normally as we would know it, right? Sure, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think in most, if not all cases, we can probably, and I think for us who, you know, are psych majors, and then we, we, you know, even pursue that even farther. um, That is what we've, what I was sounds like you are too, you know, very intrigued by what's, what is that story? And then when individuals don't, address some of those issues don't don't identify them and then address them then it can go sideways and and i think you know i don't i don't know his story as well as obviously you do but um from what i see of it i in other clients that i've worked with that is part of what ends up happening is, is they get stuck in a narrative and right. then start acting out on that narrative well even like being raised to have coping skills to deal with some of the things right so I think that was important for me. Like I, I've always been like overly sensitive to people and my own emotions. So that's another reason I was probably interested in psychology, just learning how to take care of myself a little bit better. Sure. Yeah. Okay. And so, uh, so you picked UWM to, to go mm-hmm. and, and study that. Now, did you study psychology or social work or what did you study? Yep. Psychology. psychology. I have my bachelor's in psychology. Gotcha. Okay. And then after you graduated uh, for UWM, then you came back to Rockford? I did. Um, one of my grandpas was sick, so I wanted to be with my family, help out. Um, he ended up passing away shortly after I came home, but stayed here because my parents have a business. I don't know if you know that, but helped them out a little bit too. Specialty engraving. It's like an award shop. So oh, Okay. Um, but then finally got plugged into NAMI. Like, okay nine months after I got home. Okay. Well, yeah. Tell us a little bit. Well, first tell us what NAMI is and then, and then tell us how you originally got involved with NAMI and now what you do now with NAMI. So NAMI is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Um, Started in Madison, Wisconsin in the seventies. Two ladies, their names are Harriet and Beverly. They had sons living with schizophrenia and their sons were blamed for having an illness. There was no support for them very few resources. I mean, their sons couldn't get proper treatment and they kind of bound together with like-minded families and that's how NAMI was formed. But then Northern Illinois affiliate here in the Rockford area, it was started in a very similar fashion by some families in the eighties, all like mostly parents of children living with mental illness. So then it was a strictly volunteer led organization till 2015. Then there was one girl before me that was the coordinator of the affiliate. And then I was hired in 2016. Um, My sister actually found the job online. Again, strong family tie. (laughs) (laughs) So so you're the executive director of of NAMI. Um, 
Northern Illinois, yeah, NAMI, the Northern Illinois chapter, right? Right. There are about 650 affiliates in the United States. So oh, wow. each state has a, like a state affiliate that oversees smaller chapters like ours. So. Gotcha. <laughs> so what would be, and I remember the first time that I, it would have been 19, like 96, 97, something like that. And I remember um, the services that NAMI was providing was exactly what you said. I, you know, my client was a, was a, a middle school um, young man and mm-hmm. his, his mom and his parents needed more support um, uh, other than counseling. And that was a huge resource for, for her um, and, or for the parents as, as their son was going through some of the struggles of, of school and mental, you know, his mental illness and, and how that was impacting him with the family, within the school, within the community. And it really served a great uh, function for, for her and her husband. Yeah, it, it certainly started off as just family members supporting each other, but now we've expanded to people living with their own mental health condition, mental health concerns okay. to support each other. Um, then it went all the way down to like the teen groups um, that we partner with, um, TCMF for and so, group hope. Yeah. So yeah, maybe tell us a little bit about that because that is something that has been newer in the last couple of years um, mm-hmm. with uh, with Group Hope coming and uh, and the Tommy Corral Foundation coming on. So yeah, so tell us a little bit about that story and, and how does that add to um, your guys' portfolio? Sure. Um, so I think beginning with families was very important because, I mean, that's how the story goes, how NAMI was created. But then we realized, you know, there are far more need in the group of people that actually need services themselves, right? So we built our connections group out, which is for adults, 18 plus living with mental illness to support each other, to work on those coping skills, to see them, to see other individuals first and not the illness type deal. And then, you know, I feel like as we keep going through this life, we notice that younger and younger kids are dealing with issues, mental health issues, not being addressed. And then the peer support for them is just as important. I think it's one of the most unique ways to learn, having people that are going through similar things like you. Um, So that's how that keeps growing. And then we also adopted the adult group hope um, groups as well. So similar fashion to the NAMI connection group, it's for adults living with mental illness, just trying to understand mental illness, um, support each other. Yeah, I remember when uh, Dr. Charles Smith was originally uh, starting Group Hope, uh, he had met with me and a handful of other uh, therapists in town that were working in in uh, the clinical setting, and uh, and I think he was meeting with a you know in also you know medical social workers as well and counselors as well. But um, it was amazing what his his passion and his drive to start that. You know, he was in retirement and, and it was, in, and as the story goes, it was in response to his daughter dying as a result of suicide, but it was her mental, her mental health issues um, that were not being addressed. And the gap in services once her insurance ran out um, was really the, the driving force for him uh, that from what I remember in the early 2000s and, and now uh, just did a phenomenal job with, with that. But 
it was time for him to to to, to pass that uh, pass that on so it could continue and not be just because uh, it was never Doctor. It was, but it wasn't Doctor Smith's group, uh, even though he was the that central factor that it was always there. But uh, sure. but I will was, say that he still leads group. <laughs> does he really? Does yeah. he? <laughs> he's he's him and his wife Bobby are a pretty a pretty amazing couple. That, that is yeah. that is for sure. And and then uh, and Xavier has been on um, has been on our show on the journey numerous times and and she's also a board member. Is that is that correct, Wadami? Yep, she is, and she leads our team groups. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. And so, um, and I know that uh, just recently we're in still in the month of October at the beginning of October, we had uh, you guys led mental health awareness week. And so tell us a little bit about how that originally started and now what, it, what it's expanded to. So in the nineties, NAMI nationally um, brought this week to light um, just to bring all of their partners together throughout the nation to really hone in on mental illness awareness and bring everyone together in this unified week. Though we would like to encourage, you know, mental illness awareness all year round, right? It's nice to have that one shining light on the week to make sure people don't forget. (laughs) And we just pack full every day, I feel like, full of something. Well, and I know this year it definitely it it, it definitely was. I, I remember seeing your schedule, and I think you guys, you know, started on Sunday with activities in the community, and then and then ended on on Friday afternoon with your with your banquet uh, or your award uh, piece. And so, um, was there anything that when you think? And I know I know I'm putting you on the spot with this one, but when you reflect back on that week, that was a couple of weeks ago. When you reflect back on that, was there anything in particular that or a particular story that stood out to you regarding that, regarding that week or leading up to that week or anything like that? Um, let me think. I mean, I always really enjoy the rally at the end of the week, okay. bringing the community leaders together to speak about what they're doing to change mental health care here locally. And then maybe one of my favorite parts is the awards. So we get to read people being nominated for making a difference in someone's life. Sure. And then being able to recognize them in front of a large group of people is always nice. Okay. And then we do share uh, personal stories on our social media. Those are always fun to read too. Not fun, but you know what I mean? For sure, sure. <laughs> it's nice yeah. that people get to share publicly. Maybe they have never shared before. Yeah. I know one of my friend's brothers that I grew up with, like he shared for the first time and like his family had never even read the story. So that was kind of oh. cool. Wow. Yeah. And I think, well, in similar to what we try to do here on the journey is, is that even though there are tragic parts to the story, if they're writing their story out, there is elements that they are now uh, learning from some of that and, and growing through some of that, you know, the, those obstacles and, and because that's why they're sharing their story probably. Um, and so there is, there is a little bit of the, that rainbow after the storm uh, when they share their stories, but, but they are difficult. The people go through some very difficult things in their life. And, uh, but I, I think, as you said earlier, there is something to, there's a, something to be said when you hear someone else's story and it, it, it unconsciously gives us permission to potentially um, to do our own work regarding whatever uh, obstacle that we have in our life. That's just so brave. 
you know? Yeah. yeah. Vulnerable. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like my girl Brene Brown says. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be vulnerable. Yeah. And it takes a tremendous amount of courage um, to, to be vulnerable as, as Brene Brown talks about all the time is that there is nothing, um, easy about that. There's, you know, it doesn't, <laughs> you can't be a sissy and choose to be vulnerable. Right. And, and we can right. be, we can be exposed. I mean, something can expose us and we could, and, and we can feel that, but that isn't really what she's talking about. It's, it's making the choice to expose ourselves in a way to to start the healing process that is what she's referring to is the courage to be vulnerable in in, in our own healing journey definitely yeah so so as uh just anything in particular re- regard regarding either nami or any thoughts or plans for what you guys are going to be doing for for next fall anything uh that you guys are um uh, that you guys are getting ready to do or, or envisioning what you want to be doing as we wrap up 21 and going into 22. So along with our support groups, we also do a lot of, um, first of all, family education. So we have some classes for families. We're wrapping up one of our classes for adult family members that are maybe in the caregiving role, trying to navigate the system for their loved one or help them with it. Um, so we're planning on offering two more as we start the next year one in Spanish and one in English, but we also do a lot of community education. So I, I mean, with COVID, I've been doing more webinar style things, Sure. Um, but it, it almost makes it easier sometimes for people to pop in um, over lunch or something like that. They don't even have to leave their work. They can maybe just listen to it in the background or even when they get home from work, <laughs> maybe they don't want to run somewhere else, but they can pop online. So just kind of getting resources in front of people We'll have a couple more of those at the end of this year. And then we do our Gifts of Hope program, which is packing little stockings or bags full of items for people in the hospital or in residential care facilities living with mental illness. We also partner with some organizations, maybe in the domestic violence realm, to offer like hygiene products, stuff like that, Um, children's goods. Gotcha. So if someone wanted to either donate or, uh, or volunteer or get more, get involved or seek out um, different services that you guys are offering, what's the best way to get a hold of you? What's the best way to get information regarding uh, NAMI Northern Illinois? Um, I think either calling our office or our website. Do you want me to say yeah. that? Yep. yep um, absolutely. So it's, it's 815-963-2470. And then it's just NAMI Northern Illinois, all spelled out, .org. <laughs> <laughs> okay, perfect. And then, and and so if they, if they call that number, most likely you're going to be the one who's going to receive that phone call. It will be me. <laughs> it will be. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, well, Danielle, thank you so much for being on the show. And thank you for everything that you're doing uh, for Northern Illinois. Uh, I mean, I, obviously, it's something that it, you you do because it's part of who you are. And, and, you know, like you said, that following that intrigue and that curiosity of, of psychology and now actually taking that interest and bringing it into a way of being a resource for the community. Um, I think that is, uh, I think that not only is that courageous, but that's honorable. And I appreciate everything you do for, for the Northern Illinois area. Well, thank you. I just think with mental illness, um, 
people feel very lonely. And that's something that's been a part of my life. I've just never wanted anyone to feel like they were alone. So I like to be able to go through these obstacles with people as much as I can. Perfect. Well, that is a great place uh, for, we're going to go ahead and, and wrap up today, but just that idea that life can be, can be hard and can be lonely. And, and as we say it, we shatter our silence to be a light in that darkness, be a light in that, in that we're a resource in that loneliness. Um, I appreciate everything you and, and NAMI Northern Illinois do. So. Thank you, Kevin. We appreciate you too. Yep. So, well, thank you uh, for listening with us today. And and if there is something that we talked about that Danielle shared, um, please comment um, in the in the comment section. And more importantly, if you know someone that may need um, any of the resources that NAMI Northern Illinois have, or you think someone just needs to hear a little bit of what, what Daniel talked about, please share this and, and pass that information along. And I will have all that information in the show notes as well. So until next week, um, as always, look forward to, to being with you again. And thank you for being with us today.